Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up to heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Greg, we have some guests that have actually listened to some of our podcasts. <laughs> we actually have fans in the room with us. Both, Both of your fans what, are here. What was your favorite episode? Um, episode 32, perhaps? 56? Yeah, I was going to say 37, but okay. that's fine. 32 is great. I love them all. <laughs> I love them all. Well, thank you for being with us. Um, I, what we, you, As you've listened to the, the past podcast, what you'll know is that we actually get our guests to, to uh, introduce themselves because we, you know, we have a, this thing where we kind of bungle the introductions. But we, maybe, maybe you know what, we're going to change this a bit. Rosalind, I'm going to get you introduce Blair and, and vice versa. Could we do that? <laughs> Can try. Let's do it. Because, I mean, who, who knows you better than, than, than your significant other? Sure. Let's do it. You go first. Okay. So um, Rosalind uh, Hislop is a, a social entrepreneur. Where, uh, we own Mrs. Uh, Dunster's Bakery in Sussex, New Brunswick. Um, it's a, a business that we bought together a number of years ago, and it's grown to become the largest family-owned bakery in Atlantic Canada. And Rosalind's a core part of that strategy. Um, she drives the people and culture part of the strategy in particular for our business and is one of the, the main reasons we're as involved in the community as we are. She is also a actively involved in the world of reading and writing, and she's in the process of writing uh, a series of books herself, and she sits on the board of the Writers' Federation of New Brunswick, and she is one of the founders of the Foglet Festival for Readers and Writers in St. John, and she is also uh, one of the founders of Good Fit Book, which is a charity that we now have that basically gets... Um, young kids to the library and pairs them up with high school kids and where they learn how a library works and learn how to find a book that's a good fit for them and uh, they get their first library card. So that was uh, one of her big passions is getting kids in this part of the world reading again. I think wow. that is the best introduction uh, yeah. I've heard. No, no pressure, Rosalind. But just, just so you know, we asked Blair about this two weeks ago to be prepared for this. Oh. He, and he didn't tell you, so now he didn't just come up with that on the top of his head. That's clearly. not true. You're totally getting me in trouble. <laughs> the other thing is I suspect Rosalind would not have uh, given such a robust uh, a CV about herself. So I'm glad you did that. Uh, and Rosalind, wow. That's amazing. Holy jumpins. It, it does sound amazing. I learned amazing. so much about you right there. <laughs> Are you sure okay. that's me? Okay, Rosalind, who's this other guy here beside us? So this is Blair Hislop, and uh, he is the co-owner of Mrs. Dunster's and also Credle's Corner Market in Hampton. Um, so we've just recently purchased Credle's back, uh, it will be a year ago this week. A year ago today. It it's is. a year ago today. Oh um, anyway. Anniversary. Happy, happy birthday. Yes, there we go. Um, so... Blair is uh, an amazing uh, entrepreneur and social entrepreneur. He is excellent at strategy and seeing the big picture and um, understanding the best ways to move the company forward. So, um, and I enjoy working with him and seeing that creativity and amazing strategic thinking, I guess. He's also very involved in the community as far as uh, on the board of the United Way and part of the Million Dollar Pledge with you guys. And I'm trying to think of the, you have to help me out on the um, 
Civic Center? Yes, Civic Center. Thank you. Sussex Civic Center Board as well. So among a few. And I... Yeah, and we're both part of the Wallace McCain Institute, the ELP program. Um, so, and uh, Blair was in it last year, and I'm in this year, so it's pretty awesome. This is uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Are, are we gonna kiss, Dave? Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so Dave and I, if uh, if anybody could see the scenario right now, we only have three awesome microphones in here, and we've got four people, which means Dave and I are snuggled up right together. We uh, we're both so excited to talk. It's cute that we just uh, gave yourself a, a little peck. Um, <laughs> this is really interesting. As, as as we're talking, it's so neat to see how many things we're involved in together. Even though we don't cross paths all the time, mm-hmm. but with ELP, Wallace McCain Institute, with the Million Dollar Pledge, with United Way with eating donuts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's so many different uh, crossovers here. So welcome to the Bowling Point, guys. Really Thank appreciate you. Being well, here. thanks for having thanks. us. It's an awesome opportunity. It is for us uh, in particular. Now, um, and how long have you guys been married? Actually, I should ask Blair first. Oh, no, I know the answer to this. <laughs> it does. Uh, we've been together uh, over 30 years. We've been married for 26 years. We actually met in junior achievement. Um, so coming out of high school. I did know that, yes. Yeah, we were, um, we, we had both, she had gone through, Rosalind had gone through junior achievement in St. John, and I had done the program in Halifax. And and she moved to, to Nova Scotia, and we both volunteered at the same time to, to go into high schools and talk to kids about being entrepreneurs and joining the Junior Achievement Program. And so they paired us up and said, you know, meet this girl from St. John, just moved here, meet her in the lobby of the school at this time. And, and I showed up, and she was there, and it took off from there. So that was over 30 years ago now. Wow. So. Now, M- Mrs. Dunsters, when did you guys, um, and, and you mentioned the, the largest uh, bakery in Atlanta, Canada, makes great donuts, amongst other things, right? When did you guys purchase that? Like uh, what? So that was four and a half years ago. Okay. So June 2014, right. we took over Mrs. Dunsters. So were you, you were in, with Junior Achievers, but were you, prior to that, did you have small business endeavors? Not at all. So we, we had started, uh, you know, our first date, we talked about having our own business someday. And for, you know, the next 20 some years, we um, we talked about someday having our own business, you know, but life got in the way and career got in the way. And, you know, I had the opportunity, kids for sure. And for many years, I traveled the world for, for McCain Foods, developing emerging markets around the world. And Roslyn stayed home and raised our kids because they needed some stability in their lives because I was living in an airplane for eight years. And uh, so it was never, we never found the right opportunity um, until Mrs. Dunsters came along and it was never really the right time. And we looked at lots of things over the years, but this was the first one where as, as soon as we talked about it, we, we just knew this is it. And, uh, you know, uh, a bit of an aside to that story is, you know, the opportunity presented itself in what that would have been, say, April uh, of 2014 and eight weeks later we owned it. So that's, that's how fast that'll happen. That blows my mind because what I think about is the amount of due diligence that would have to happen before that. And like, did you, would you uh, incorporate a brand new company and bring that down? Or are you actually, did you actually purchase the shares of the old company with all its history and, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So in that case, that's what we did. We've, we've done, I think four acquisitions since or, or including that one. But uh, in that case, you know, we did buy the shares. So the first thing I did is uh, I quit my job. (laughs) <laughs> to do due diligence. But again, it just shows, you know, how we knew right away that that was the right opportunity. And we were all in from that moment. And we didn't have financing. We didn't have a deal. You know, we just had an, an offer uh, of intent to purchase that, that we thought would be acceptable. And we only knew we only had eight weeks, so we that we needed to um, do due diligence. So I quit my job and Rosalind and I dug in and, 
and we started that process. I was just going to say too that, you know, just asking if we took over from what was already there. Mrs. Dunster's has such a wonderful and rich uh, history. And, uh, you know, so we definitely wanted to continue that for sure. And, you know, we always say the most amazing part of owning Mrs. Dunster's is that when you say you work there, people, they put have a smile on their face and then they tell you a story. Everybody has a story. Even when I say to somebody, I love Mrs. Dunster's because people smile and tell you a story. And then that person tells me a story. So it's just so it's just a wonderful thing. So we're very excited to kind of carry that on. You know, I, the part, I'm glad you brought this up because the thing I really enjoy about what I do know about your story is, is how you came to entrepreneurship in a sense. Like how you, you know, you, you didn't just jump at the first thing. You, you had, the timing had to be right. I think there's some lessons in that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the opportunity looked right to you. What was, um, what was the hardest part about, you know, making, I guess, taking that leap? Um, geez, I don't, I, I don't think about it as being the hardest, but I waited 25 years for the chance. So I'm, I'm not sure it was particularly hard. I, I think it just kind of felt that everything we had learned over the years working for other companies, in particular maritime-based companies, all kind of came together to give us the experience to do that transaction and to run that business. So for me, I, I don't think it was particularly hard at all to, to make the decision. Like I said, I quit my job and and, uh, and Rosalind and I started on the process. Um, so, you know, for me, it wasn't once you, we just knew it was the right thing. It was probably harder to say no all the times along the way. And so that was probably harder, to be honest. And, uh, you know, we were a bit maybe naive about it, <laughs> sitting back, looking back today and, and where we're at and where this business has, has how it's grown. And, and you know, the, it's, it's a totally different business today than it was four and a half years ago. But at the time, you know, I, I don't remember thinking it was hard. No, I, I remember when he came home and told me about the opportunity. It was the first time, because there had been lots of opportunities throughout the years, but they just, like I say, wasn't the right time or the right fit for us. And I, you know, I said, yeah, you know, this is it. I think you're right. This is the right one for us. And just, it felt, felt like it was the right move. So That's amazing alignment. No, microphone, Dave. Come ah, on. Ah, cuts it out. No, but I, I, and I'm, I, I love when we start cutting each other off like this. But I just, I just love how aligned you guys were in your thinking. And I'm curious. And, and I'll, then I will pass it over to Greg because he's got some other brilliant questions. I'm sure. sure I do. And we're, we're, and we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do our tally too, Greg. You can use my microphone, but, Greg. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, no. But what? Because because you and I don't work with our life partner, within our businesses, right? You're one of my life partners. Are well, <laughs> the the one that we share children with and all those oh, kinds right, of things, right? Right, right. Got it, got it. right? Um, and um, and I I can just I just trying to imagine. I mean, and having said that, I mean, um, in my case, Mary Ellen's a big part of the, every decision I make. Um, I don't make any decisions without her. Um, but you know, yeah, she's she's an educator, and and so so I'm just you know like building to that place. I'm just curious about how did like. It seems to me uh, very cool, but also really intriguing about how you just both knew. Like, what, what are there certain elements involved in knowing? Like, what what is it like that would help you just know and feel like so confident about jumping in? Because I don't hear any hesitation. I don't hear any, you know, kind of concern or you know that I'm that I'm picking up on anyways. And then and complete alignment because you'd think maybe one person's pulling the other person forward or one's holding back or. But yet, it sounds like you both went. This is it. 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, oh, sorry. No, no one's, <laughs> we're going to edit that part out. Right? <laughs> sorry. We have Dave and Greg. Sorry, Someone says that's a good question. <laughs> oh. anytime, uh, anytime a guest says that's uh, a good question, <laughs> we tally it. And uh, I, uh, I was uh, hoping he wasn't going to get one. Uh, okay, be right. <laughs> Sorry, continue. I thought you hit the microphone or something. I didn't know what was going that's on. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, I'll before. give I'll give you one too, Greg. Um, <laughs> I'm crying. Okay. So uh, you know I. Reflecting on that question, I think the the oper- for us there's a couple of things. One is, um, you know, I had started my career in the bakery business, in the direct to store distribution business. So, uh, you know, as the business was being pitched and and the challenges and the opportunities explained, um, I really felt um, that I had I could add value to that business. I thought I get this, you know, I understand it, um, and so I felt comfortable in that world. It's a very complex business delivering fresh product to, you know, 600 stores and a couple hundred restaurants twice a week is, is you know, with no inventory. Every day you start fresh. And that can be a very daunting thing, but I had spent the first six years of my career in that world. Um, and Rosin was very familiar with that space as well because even back then we were, like as you say, sharing everything uh, in with your spouse. And um, so she's as, as knowledgeable about the business as I am. Um, so that was part of it. I would say the other thing is that I think, you know, what we've learned, I guess, as couplepreneurs working together every day is, you know, her strength is that she sees opportunity in every person. And she really values the culture and the values of the company and the values of the brand. And she saw the opportunity, I think, she can speak for herself, but I, you know, I think that's where she saw it felt comfortable to her that this is the equity that was in that brand and what it stood for as a brand and the quality and the family values that are inherent in it were things that really uh, appealed to her. And what I saw is, you know, my thing is I see opportunities in every situation, I think, where she sees opportunities in people, I see more opportunities in situations. So I could see the, get my head around the business side of it. I could see the opportunities in the business. I could see how we could help it grow. And so I think th- those are those are things that existed, you know, in our lives before, but are now more amplified, I would say, working together as entrepreneurs. And that's probably why it just felt right. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's probably a good assessment for sure. I think that's... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the At the beginning of this, we talked about, uh, or you both introduced yourselves as social entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I'd like to uh, unpack that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's awesome uh, because it just helps people remember that we're, we're building businesses not just to make money. But, Rosalind, I'd like to ask you, what, what is your definition of your style of social entrepreneurship? Whoa. I don't know. Blair did such a good job explaining me earlier. Maybe he should take that one. Um, no, I, you know, for me, um, that just means, um, I guess, more giving my my time and um, and I guess trying to use my superpowers for good where I can. So, um, you know, so like with Good Fit Book, you know, I'm really passionate about, you know, kids learning to read. And so, you know, I guess that's just an example of how I try to, you know, take that passion and and something that I love reading and writing and uh, try to help kids with it. So um, and then same with the Million Dollar Pledge, you know, I just like the whole idea of getting in there and, and discussing the issues and trying to figure out how we can 
we can make a difference and an impact. And, and, you know, I think the, the money is helpful too. And if we can, you know, contribute in that way as well through our businesses, then, then I think that's amazing. But, uh, but for me, it's, it's more about giving my time and, and, uh, it, to the things that I'm passionate about and where I feel like I can best use my superpowers. And so. I think that, um, that's a really nice way of defining it because I think as entrepreneurs, when we're in a position where we can make some money and when we're in a position where as leaders, we can step away because we can hire awesome teams, we can give back via our time. And that's really great because all so many of us want to make a social impact, but we're like, how do I have time? It's my nine to five, got to pick up the kids, got to do this and that other thing. When do I have time? But we are in a privileged position as entrepreneurs who care to invest in that uh, to be able to create our businesses that way. And I think that's a lovely definition of social entrepreneurship. What about you, Blair? Yeah, so, you know, the uh, part of our, you know, growing up, our kids have, you know, been lectured by Rosalind many a time to say, you know, are you using your superpowers for good, you know, and the notion of, you know, taking your creativity and your ingenuity and your passion and, and using it um you know, for good is, is something that, you know, is part of our family values. So extending that as entrepreneurs in a family business just seems natural. And so I think that, you know, the lazy way, and not that there's no value in it, there is, but the lazy way to, to help is to just simply write a check. And and honestly, there's not a lot of payback for people in that. And and we write checks too, and there's nothing wrong with writing checks. And some people are, are busy and they want to help and they do that. And there's a lot of value in that. But I think that as entrepreneurs, you know, our superpowers are solving complex problems and having a lot of capacity and having a lot of energy um, and uh, wanting to get things done. And there's a lot of social enterprises out there that would really that that do benefit from those skills so the million dollar pledge is a good example maybe of those two things coming together where you have 10 companies pledging 10 grand a year for 10 years so there is a cash component um, to that but then there's the opportunity to use that as a bit of an investment fund and invest in social enterprises that are getting uh, good outcomes and need support sort of scaling up either financially or strategically. How does a small organization that's helping kids keep their reading and and math skills up during the summer scale up from helping 50 kids to 500 kids? Those are not skills that people in those organizations necessarily have, but for entrepreneurs, we have those skills. So using that's an example of using our superpowers for good and, and being able to do that. To me, that adds a lot more value than just writing a check. And, uh, you know, we have an issue right now with the highest child poverty rate in the country in St. John. And, you know, we have, um, what, seven priority schools and five priority neighborhoods. We have a thousand kids going to school hungry every day. And we have, you know, teachers and retirees and other people who are trying to figure out a way to feed a thousand kids a day. But I think there's a lot of us in the food industry in this part of the world who have a lot of knowledge and capability that is unimaginable to people who aren't in the food business on how to feed a thousand kids a day. It's not that big of a challenge if you have equipment and and resources and vehicles and other things as it is if you're a teacher trying to lug six grocery carts through a grocery store full of food. And, and you know, so it's not as efficient as it could be, but we know how to do things efficiently, right? So, um, so yeah, so that's the notion of, yeah. you know, using your superpowers for good as an entrepreneur. Um, 
I haven't asked either of you this yet, but uh, have you considered B Corp certification at all? Because you feel <laughs> B Corpy, and I am a ambassador of the of the movement. I, I hadn't noticed that. Um, <laughs> you haven't? Uh, why is that now? I don't know. But, uh, when, when I think I, I, I had a, a good chat with uh, some people um, who happen to own a very awesome uh, large scale family owned brewery, um, talks about the same thing, and I was mm. like an interesting differentiator for companies who are already acting this way to kind of be bold and put a certification on it, uh, on their product or service, uh, especially in new markets and export markets. It's actually a really awesome just marketing thing but to put your flag on when you already are living these values. You know, uh, just wondering if you ever considered looking into it. Yeah, so, you know, we, we are you know, friends with a lot of people who have uh, certified B Corp status. And, you know, the truth is that we didn't set out to do this in a purposeful way. We were just trying to create the kind of company that we ourselves wanted to work for. And I would say we're on this evolving journey to be social entrepreneurs, trying to kind of define it as we go. So it's it's a good question that you asked. Thank you. Um, because for us, you know, it's it's a work in progress. So I think that um, certainly as we, you know, step out and, and our profile increases in the community and, you know, we're able to find opportunities to um, to have an impact, um, then, you know, that, that's, that whole strategy has evolved around social entrepreneurism. But I would also say that, um, you know, we've been growing at 35% a year for four years. And uh, so we're actively, uh, you know, avoiding trying to do any things <laughs> that require more, uh, more work until until we can, you know, settle that down a bit, um, you know. Um, but I, I could certainly see that in our future, you know, when the time's right. I think it's it's certainly aligned with with where we're going. And like I said, with the people like you and Tanya Chapman and uh, Upstreet Brewing and PEI, all Wallace McCain folks who are close to us and who we admire. And uh, so yeah, I can see us doing that someday. When things calm down a little bit, that's that's impressive growth, by the way. Holy cow, I had no idea. And and you guys have, I'm just looking at the bio here. You know, recipients of 2017 Province of New Orleans Exporter of the Year Award, Huddle, uh, which is a really excellent news outlet, uh, Business People of the Year, uh, Food and Industry Leadership, United Way Value Con- Community Partner Award. Of course, you want them to be B Corp with you, Greg. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense. But <laughs> it's so cool to see that you're being recognized for everything you're doing. I want to go back to doing you know, using superpowers for good, and if I can ask you this, Rosalind, because the first time I actually, um, rem- you know, heard it, I guess, is when you guys keynoted the um, um, Junior Achiever. Junior Achiever it was it last year, I believe, yeah. and and I'm sure you've said that. Well, it sounds like you've said this for years, but that was yeah. the first time I heard. And so I have since lifted it, given you both credit for it. And I don't know if I should give you both or or one of uh, Rosalind alone, but I've given you both credit for it in some of the speeches I've given because I just think it's such an awesome message. And so where did where does this come from? Well, I'll let Rosalind explain that because it's definitely uh, she owns it, but we've agreed to share it. Okay. <laughs> well, um, it's actually funny because our kids, when I say it, they actually roll their eyes because usually they're trying to get out of something and they're being very creative and uh, smart and just trying to get out of doing something. So it just kind of started, you know, imagine if you took those abilities that you're using to try and get out of this work and did it for something good, imagine what would happen. So it just kind of, I don't, I don't even know. I can't even remember when I started saying it, but my kids will tell you I've been saying it their whole lives. 
<laughs> but, you know, but I do talk about it a lot with them about, you know, taking the things that they're good at and, and using those in a positive way to get what they and on, on the culture you know. side, I'm guessing that's almost built into the culture, probably at Mrs. Dunster's. And, and is that something you're intentionally trying to, to build within within culture? Because, I mean, culture is really important to you. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that, you know, we try to get people doing the right things and the things that they're good at and using their superpowers for good. And, you know, even people helping us with the million dollar pledge within the company, our employees are awesome and using their skills and the things that they're good at to you know, to help us with that program. Um, yeah, so I think that's, as we grow, it gets, it's getting a little more challenging. Um, just, you know, we need to kind of spread it out to the whole, to all of our locations now, because we've, we've expanded locations, but, um, but yeah, that's the goal for sure. Oh, I love it. It's, it's such a, it's such an awesome message. And you've, you've referenced the million dollar pledge a few times. If people just Google that and they can go and learn all about it. Cause I, cause I think there's a, a bunch of people coming together and bringing you know our collective superpowers um, with a, an awesome agency in United Way and 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 you know a combined effort to to do good right, um, and I so love that and I think I I did a lot of work with young offenders and I you know back when I was in Vancouver and I remember thinking that uh, and having For conversations sure. well guys like you guys are so good at jacking cars. But man, imagine what you could do, you know, in an entrepreneurial space with the same, you know, or selling whatever drugs they were. And they were, they were actually, you know, we, I was working with them in a really positive, constructive way. Right. But I remember having that exact same kind of conversation. But I, I, I would have loved to have framed it that way. So I think you should trademark it. I really totally. We'll do that. Once this airing, we'll do it before yeah, that. Yeah, before before that comes out, um, we. I think we need to. If if you both would agree to, I would love to have you on another another interview because sadly we got an, a guest back backing up uh, on this interview right now okay. but I wonder how do people learn more about the great things you're doing um, more about the the cool businesses you're running um, and the causes you're part of well um, so I mean you could go to our website at mrs. Dunster's, uh, the Credles corner market website certainly um, you know you can look at our profiles on LinkedIn and you'll see a lot of the um, the community stuff that we're involved in, um, particularly the United Way, and and you know what I guess what we've chosen to focus our efforts on are our Good Fit book and, and literacy and and mm-hmm. poverty reduction in our communities from St. Stephen to Sussex and and things that are you know related to uh, to that. So there's a lot of and if you Google Mrs. Dunster's, I'm sure all of that will come up um, or or each of us and. Um, we seem to, to um, you know, I was talking to somebody this morning about how people seem to find um, all of this stuff that we're doing remarkable in a way and, and noteworthy. But but for us, you know, it was never about that. Um, and we still find it remarkable that people find it remarkable. Like it, it's not, you know, it's not uh, to me, this isn't this what we should be doing? Isn't this what everybody should be doing? This and this is business. And this is about being part of community, right? Um, I think so, the other thing too, is that we're talking about it. Um, outwardly where, because I, I just know since we've owned Mrs. Dunster's, we've met so many amazing entrepreneurs in, in New Brunswick and Atlantic Canada who are, you know, doing awesome things. And uh, I think not just everybody's not just talking about it. Yeah, they have to fly under the radar, right? It's yeah. part of our humble nature in this mm-hmm. part of the world to fly under the radar. And uh, so, you know, any strength overplayed becomes a weakness. And I think that's that's a a weakness that we have as a community of entrepreneurs is that we don't talk enough about what we're doing and the good things we're doing because 
uh, and that discourages young people from staying here and being entrepreneurs and doing these things. And so we see a bit of an obligation. But all that to say, to answer your question, you know, we haven't really pulled all of this great stuff together in one place and said, here's where you can go to look at it, because that's not really why we're doing it, you know, so. Um, and, 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 and yet, um, and I think this is part of what we're talking about on, on our, in our process, is that you are seen as a thought leader and as, you know, making um, incredible uh, impact. But, and, it, and I think you're doing it with integrity. It's just a very cool thing to see because I, I was just, I mean, before we actually got to meet, I was seeing you guys pop up all the time. I was like, wow, what, they're everywhere. Like, what are they doing, you know? But it's not like you have some, some PR agent focused on pushing the message out, right? No. But I, and, I, and, I, and I had that sense. I never got the sense. You know what I mean? It seems like, um, do you know what I'm saying? Very mm-hmm. organic almost. I don't even know what the way to describe it would be. Just well, it, it's, it's what you and I do as well, Dave. It's like we put ourselves out there and we're not – we're not um, giving into that temptation to be too humble, not to talk, not That's to right. share. Seth Godin told us straight up, if you keep good information to yourself, you're selfish and you're a coward, which is really totally. interesting. He was like, mm. don't, do not not ship. You have to put it out there. And that includes your story. That includes all the cool projects you're working on, all the things you're doing, not to be boastful, but to inspire others to do the same or to inspire other people to speak up. So I think Absolutely. that's all they're doing, you know, and it's all you and I have been doing as well, which is great. Very, um, just no, but so yeah, maybe that's a better way. It's just a good demonstration of that is is awesome. So, um, but I would, you know, what you've mentioned, good fit book a few times. There must be a way for people to to get. So yeah, so we're just, um, I guess we're just growing good fit book now. Um, we started it five years ago, and um, we have, I think, we're running. 10 programs this year in uh, St. John, Quispamsis, and Sussex. Um, and our plan is to grow it further. So uh, we do plan to get a website up. That's in, in progress. Um, so, But anyone can reach out to me if they want to know more information or get involved. So sure. this, is, this is an amazing program, and I want to mention it because it's Rosalind's thing, and, and, you know, she's very quiet about it. But, you know, she brings busloads of grade 4 kids to the library, and she pairs them up with uh, kids from grade 11 high school kids, and they do a scavenger hunt around the library to learn uh, how a library works, essentially. And then the idea is the high school kids help the grade 4 students find their good fit book. So it's not curriculum-based at all. It could be about magic or cars or podcasting or, you know, whatever the, their imagination uh, wants wants to read. The idea is to get them just interested in reading, and there's value in that. And then they leave with their first library card, and they spend time with the high school kids reading to them and stuff, and they leave with their first library card. And very often the high school kids um, ask for a library card too. And uh, they rediscover the library. And then they go back on the same bus together. And it's a very thoughtful, uh, affordable um, program that has a lot of impact with not a lot of uh, effort that needs to go into it. And so this has been growing steadily. It's it's Rosin's creation. And our goal, so our 25th wedding anniversary gift to each other was um, to last year was to re- register Good Fit Book as a charity. And uh, so we're going to take it across Atlantic Canada. That's our goal. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much to the both thank of you. you. You've got so much to bring to the, to the table. So thank you for being generous in sharing your stories and everything else that you're doing. And also, uh, Blair, uh, for sharing your bit of advice to me that perhaps I'm not providing for my family well. Uh, yeah. these, these one, one job. One job, Greg. Get a roof over their heads. That's, that's, that's all you need to do, right? All you have to do is go to my Facebook and you'll see I have literally no roof over top of my house anymore. It's getting cold and wet. On that note, 
<laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Dave, we'll see you next awesome. week. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. You guys are right. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.